everyone. Thank you for listening to Fresh Faces. I'm Aggie Gold, talent agent and former manager. This is my exclusive podcast about how to get your child into commercials, television, and the movies without getting ripped off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Fresh Faces with me, Aggie Gold. Want to get your child into show business? Stick with me. Today, my guest is Barbara Coleman, head of the Young Talent Division at Innovative Artists in New York. She and her team currently represent children and teens for commercials, voiceovers, animation, television, film, and theater. Barbara represents some of the biggest young adult stars in the industry, starring in projects you're all familiar with, Sweet Tooth, Blue Bloods, Good Girls, The Transformers, Love Beth, and Raising Dion, just to name a few. We met over 40 years ago when I began my business, Fresh Faces Management. As a manager, she was the first agent I worked with, and together we booked my first major role in a soap for my 10-year-old client. I learned a great deal from Barbara over the years, but her sincerity, great ethics, and professionalism, even during the most debated negotiations, always ended with laughter and camaraderie. She is so kind to join me today, and I don't want to waste another moment because she has a wealth of information for you. Hi, Barb, and welcome. Okay, I like to start at the beginning because my listeners want to hear everything, including the dirt. So what <laughs> made you become an agent? And was it the first job you had in the industry? Okay, first, thank you for having me. My and pleasure. It's great to connect with you. Um, my, it, This was not my first job in the industry. I was a stage manager. And I was a stage manager. Um, I was a theater major in college. And I was a stage manager in regional theater. And I thought I would move to New York and be a stage manager. And so I did and discovered very quickly that I wasn't union. And therefore, I couldn't make a living wage. And so, you know, being fearful, I kept envisioning living in a cardboard box on the Lower East Side. This was 1981. Um, an actor I knew told me about a talent, his talent agency that was looking for a receptionist. And I thought, okay, that will be my day job while I look for stage management work. And <laughs> That's what I planned to do. Um, I had no intention on being a talent agent. I'm not even sure I knew what a talent agent was. But I um, was on the front desk just 10 months and I was promoted and I became an assistant talent agent and then worked my way up. I learned the industry from the late, the great Heidi Powers. She was the best young talent agent ever. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, the rest is history. Now I've been doing it for 40 years. I have always worked in young talent. I love my job. The years are short. The hours are long. You know how that works. 
there's a great deal of excitement that comes from representing children I agree. and them getting their first job. It doesn't matter what the job is. Sometimes it's a movie. Sometimes it's a commercial. Sometimes it's a voiceover. There's always an excitement about that. Yeah. And I am as excited as their parent. And yeah, I would, yeah, I was just going to ask you that. When you, first, when you booked your first job, were you as excited as their parents? I know I was. I am still excited. Right. I am excited 40 years later when I book a kid on their first job. And then to be completely honest, I'm excited every time I book a job. Right. That's the prize. Agents, right. um, a way of thinking about it, agents work for free, as do managers, until the actor books Works. a job. And then we get a tiny little sliver, 10%. So that is the bottom line prize as we work towards the booking. So yeah, I'm still excited. That's what parents don't seem to understand when they want their children in the business. And I try to tell them to avoid being ripped off, not to pay anyone upset, you know, upfront money. But they just want their kids in show business no matter what. They don't get it that... Why wouldn't we send their children on auditions if we believed in them? Because we only make money if they work. Why would we send a kid on an audition who didn't work? It would make no sense. You know, I think it is very hard for parents because there is limited information. And because there's limited information, there's also limited exposure to what they can actually get. And unfortunately, the biggest resource parents tend to have are other parents. And then none of the information is actually correct. Um, but we can talk about that and um, how important or, or the things you have to do once you get the agent. But I'm I mean, probably jumping ahead. No, Barbara. Do the parents have much to do with you repping their kids? Yes, they do, All right. actually. Let's talk about that. Okay, so before COVID, the protocol was always that parents came to my office, the parents waited in the reception area, and their child would be brought back to me by my assistant. Now, I prepped them for this, of course, ahead of time. They were told this before they came to my office. We absolutely did that by design. Right. We wanted to base representation on the children and not on the parents. And that is how much the parents influence us. Oh. So, yes, that made a difference. I also told every parent, I will not give you feedback on the same day as the interview. I am a parent. I understand. You bring your child somewhere, out comes the agent. Mom can't help it. She says, 
How did he do? (laughs) I understand. And so I eliminate all that. I would tell parents, you're not going to meet me. I'm not giving you feedback. Feedback can, you can contact me the next day for feedback. Um, Feedback's a hard thing. We love our children and we don't, we don't see their flaws. So it's a hard thing. Um, I think one of the reasons I'm great in this particular role as a young talent agent is because I'm a parent and I'm dealing with parents. And, um, you know, people say when they're interviewed, when when people are trying to get a job with me and they say, I I like children. And I'm like, well, that's nice. But what I need are people who like parents because that's what we deal with. We deal with the parent. Communication is so important between the agent and the parent. How do you expect the parents to get in touch with you? Let's say after you sign someone, how, what is your protocol to have them contact you? How often or never do you contact them? Okay, so after I have taken them on as a client, you want to know how often they should contact me. Yeah, um, they should at all. Uh, different kids in different demographics have different amounts of activity. So let's just say you're gonna get started. You don't know me, I don't know you, I take on your child. I have to wait until I have something for your child. And that literally could be 10 minutes after I meet you. It could be 10 days. I think it would be fair if you don't have an audition within a month to check in with your agent via email. These days, it's all email. Now, because of COVID, we're all still working from home. So, we, you know, I'm used to being in an office with many lines, uh, telephone lines, and people to answer my phone. And now, you know, it's just the cell phone. Uh, it's just one line. So I do, I would ask parents to be very um, considerate of the fact that we don't have a lot of time to talk on the phone. Now, what, let's say I'm a mom and if I'm lucky enough to get you on the phone and the minute you get on the phone, all I start telling you is how talented my child is and you have to meet this child and this child is talented and the talented child and child is talented. So What do you say to them? First, I want to say if I take on a child, all the parents get me on the phone at least once for a long time. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But let's just say I happen to answer my telephone. I think you're calling me and it's some mom. I'm very nice. I tell them the procedure is to submit a picture and resume. Now, do they do this online? Yes. And I'm happy to give them my email. I'm one of these people on my email tag. I not only have the address, I I have my cell phone. And one of my colleagues said to me, I would never put my cell phone on the tag. I said, well, I want people to be able to reach me, actually. Yeah. 
Okay, that's why you're such a great agent because you really <laughs> care. You always did, always. I do care. I do care. And, um, you know, as I was saying, I relate to parents because I am a parent. Um, my mother used to say there's only two kinds of people in the world, those with kids and those without. And so I get that. And so I, that gives me an edge over most of the talent agents who are in my competition, because for whatever reason, they are not parents. I agree. I agree. How about, let's say somebody sends you a picture because you have decided you're, you're going to think about having, representing them. Yes. So what do you look for when you get a picture? Okay, so pre-COVID. Right, we could do both. I opened every piece of mail myself and looked at every piece, every picture that comes in. What I'm looking for is what I need. Representation is always based on what the market needs. This is very hard concept for actors to understand because they feel they can act for what is needed. Right. But unfortunately, we have to act with the shell we were given. And many, many, many years ago, when I started out as an actress, I wanted to be the witch in The Wizard of Oz. I knew I was the witch and I could do it. And the director said, no, you're short, you're cute, you're playing Dorothy. I didn't want to go through life playing Dorothy when, <laughs> when Aggie, we know I'm the witch. So <laughs> early on, I knew that I didn't want to be, um, I didn't want my vocation in life to be subject to my shell. But actors are subject to that. Like we talk about demographics, some are very popular, some are not. So I look at every picture. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for what I need in the market. But let's say that person is what I need. I am looking for a good picture a good, clear picture, but a picture that really looks like the actor, something right. that is very representative. We all have great pictures of ourselves that we don't really look like. I want a picture of what the actor looks like. And current is so important. This current is a term that's hard for parents, especially if you have more than one child and a husband or a wife, whatever you have, it's hard to look at your child and see them currently. I have a 35-year-old. She looks like a five-year-old to me in my mind. Right. <laughs> And acts like one, too, occasionally. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know, I have two of them. I know. Barbara, do you ever look at the resume or what they've done, or does that even matter? Look at their picture first. That matters most, because we're dealing with children. Depends on the age. I represent age four through appearing to be 21. So if you're a 20-year-old, you better have a good resume. Yeah. It can't just be your picture, but if you're 
but it can be your picture. Um, I always say this was before COVID and after COVID. When you are um, seeking representation, people in life take you at your own self-worth. You have to present yourself as a professional even before you are a professional. So that would mean with a picture and resume. This business takes um, extreme organization to, to be the parent of a, a child in show business. You have to ask yourself if you're that person because an awful lot is required, an awful lot of paperwork, a mountain of paperwork, um, work permits that have to be kept up to date and trust accounts. I'm in New York. It's interesting. New York is 70 years, seven zero. 70 years behind California in protecting children in this industry, protecting their money. Right. Um, when Aggie and I first started, there were no protections right. at all. And even now in New York are just minimal protections. California requires uh, a, a block trust. So you literally cannot touch that money. Uh, but not all of it, just a certain percentage. Yes, 15%. Right. But in New York, only an UTMA or an UGMA is required. You could get a block trust. We absolutely tell parents all the information. You could get a block trust and many do. But in New York, only an UTMA or an UGMA is uh, required. This is something to consider. With an UTMA or an UGMA, the parent... What does that mean, Barbara? Oh, it, an UTMA is a United Trust to Minors account or a United Gift to Minors account. It's the okay, same thing. It's a trust account that has to be opened if you have a minor working in New York State. That trust account has to be submitted along with the child's current work permit to the employer at the same time. Now, with those UTMA accounts in New York, the parent is a trustee and the employer deducts 15% of the minor's gross earnings and places it into this trust account. On one hand, the parent could take that money out the very next day. They are legally able to do that. And so everyone says, well, how does that protect the child? I will say that almost 100% of the parents are not in this to take their child's money. So it's really never an issue. However, the good part of having an UTMA or an UGMA is the parents could then take that money and invest it. And, and, and invest it in something certainly more aggressive than, than what the state would do. Have you ever had any parents uh, take the child's money? I know um, I did. 40 years ago. 40 years ago, I have. But certainly not in the last 25. Now, 40 years ago, you could make college money yeah. in one year. 
with one commercial. <laughs> yes. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. What do you think that's because of? I think it is because of all the new uh, technology. I work on many commercials. Very, very few are broadcast network commercials or television. Most of them are for the internet, for new media, for digital, all of, for cable. All of those uses are, are, are not what we grew up with in the 80s and the 90s when you could book a commercial and have college paid for. That doesn't happen anymore. That is not to say that it can't happen. It does happen. It does happen. It's just not the norm. Right. It's not the norm. I find I have a lot of old time colleagues. And when I hear them talking to young people, like somebody 25, I hear them explaining it's not as busy as it used to be. But they're really thinking of 20 years ago. And these 25 year olds have no idea. That's how different it is, volume wise. Yeah. Why is it that, uh, is it because they have all these cable stations and they're not really doing the commercials for network? Um, I think people, I think it's only an age demographic that still watches TV. Young people don't watch TV. You're right. Yeah. They, they watch, they, they watch content, but not they zip through the commercials. <laughs> so I think that is, has a big part of it. I also think that in 1995, I think I have my date, right? Um, we had a very long commercial strike over six months. It changed the whole face of how commercials are cast and how they are handled. Um, unfortunately, the industry learned how to do this in a non-union way. So, Aggie, when I first met you, I, I didn't know what a non-union project was. I didn't they either. Were all, they were all <laughs> union. Right. Now, um, wow. Oh, now, um, well, let me be clear. I'm talking about commercials. I'm talking about commercials. All of our theatrical work, whether it is theater, film, or television, that is all union. We only work on union theatrical work. But I have a very large commercial business, and that business is over 60% non-union. Wow. We use it to we use that commercial business to develop young children so that we can move them over and then they can start working in film and television theater. That's our whole thing at Innovative. And um, that is not the model that every talent agency uses. I think it is a failing. Um, and just to illustrate my point, last year, the first year of the pandemic, Three major agencies, major, big guys, people who were my competitors for 40 years, decided they didn't want to do children's commercials anymore. 
so that shows how much they kept open their theatrical children's divisions. So that shows that they don't use their commercial division as a feed. Right. We do that at Innovative. We do that at Innovative, and we I've worked at Innovative now 20 years, 20 years this month, and we have always done this. And it has proven very successful. Well, we've run out of time today, but I have so much more to ask you, Barbara. Listen, guys, tune in next week to hear more of my interview with Barbara Coleman of Innovative Artists. She has so many interesting stories about show business. Thanks for listening to Fresh Faces with me, Aggie Gold. Storygram Network. 